Hey guys, welcome to the Bag and Boardcast episode number 380. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. We're a podcast that comes to you in three ways. The first being The Week in Geek, where we gather up some of the cool geek news of the past week. Next is the list of the comic books that we are looking forward to coming out October 30th? 31st? 31st. 31st. Spooky Halloween. Uh, spooky, scary. 2018. And we follow it up with our weekly rotating main topic. And this week, it's a John baby. We're in the week of Halloween, so it has to be something super spooky and creepy and horror-related. So, John, what, what are we talking about this week? Uh, this is... We're, we're talking about Disney Saturday morning cartoons. Right? Yep, that's yeah. the one. Yeah. This is a Paul this is a Paul baby. I thought this was a John baby. No, I, I, Paul, I originally Paul, put it on the list as an idea for a not episode. Somehow John decided Paul, instead Paul of reading Man it, of Steel yeah, you know, <laughs> for, for another week. policy for another week. It, well we did say last again. last week it was down to uh great Marvel movie retrospective or Man of Steel and like the day before so I was like, oh, why don't we do uh, Avengers? That way we can have more time to read Man of Steel. Which you only need to read four issues of, because we already read the first one. Oh, I gotta reread that. I gotta reread that, read that first one. Right. Uh, yeah, but it was a great idea. We were talking about it last week after the show, and I just feel like all we've done is Lookbacks, trade and policies, and retro movie Marvel retrospects. So it's like, hey, let's have a different topic. Let's get something else going. And this is one that I think we all want to enjoy. So and still also, of, and still of him coming up with his own, he just steals mine. I see how it is. <laughs> no, I, I thought it was a great topic. It was so good. Chris said, "You can't. You guys can't do it as a not episode because he wanted in, and then he did all the homework for it." So this is great. This is a great sit back. Chris does all the talking. I, we put in our two cents, and uh, you know, you know, it's all in the Chris, bag. Chris does got, all the talking. We, got, we do all the drinking. We got no news. So let's uh, yeah, let's talk about our first beer. Chris, yeah, I'm anxious to know what you're drinking. Well, you said you you know what I am what I am drinking. No, I didn't. Paul oh, did. You get was... the two of us mixed up a lot. I mean, we're an audio podcast, but it's weird not being able to see you guys still. Uh, Paul, do you care to venture a guess as to what I'm drinking? I'm going to guess since it's a sipper and he got two bottles left. Is it better half? Did he find it? I have still not found that yet, but uh, no, you're close because this is also from a brewery out of Michigan. This is uh, New Holland Brewing's Dragon's Milk Reserve, and this is their banana coconut. It's a bourbon aged barrel stout with a real banana and natural flavors. And I picked up a four pack of this. It was eighteen ninety nine at my beer store. I have no qualms with paying that much for it. Uh, the night that I got home with it, I cracked open my first bottle of it, and I took a sip, and I was like, "Okay, I absolutely love this beer." I put it at a five out of five right away, and then I proceeded to sip it over the next two and a half hours because it's just such a big, full body, flavorful beer. Like you get a nice banana sweetness on it. But it's almost like that banana taffy kind of like it's a good candy banana. It's not too artificial tasting. And then you get that nice little like pop of coconut. 
there's a subtle alcohol burn on it. It is an 11% beer, but I love everything about this. Uh, this is something that I think super friend of the show, Ed would love to have with his cheesecake. It's, <laughs> it's absolutely fantastic. Uh, like I said, I have no problem paying what I did for the four pack. I will see if they have more of this because I, I could drink this. This kind of fills the void that has been left from the Southern tier. Um, Blackwater series because the last couple of those I haven't been super wowed by. Um, I still love the ones that I love, like the creme brulee, but this has hit me in the like just the perfect right spot. Um, well, c- cinnamon buns out. See, that I had just that one released. last year, and it, I wasn't too too enthusiastic. I'll definitely get it again, but I like that one, and the, I like the Samoa. This that was the Samoa. Good. This was good. The thick mint's good, but it's just too too mint heavy it's still like a good like syrupy chocolate though it just it needs something else to cut it i think but and this, you should you, you should relish in the fact that we are so close to michigan we are closer than michigan than you are and we can't get the spear that's insane like because now new holland a couple of years ago they did enter into a distribution deal with Pabst brewing of all companies, so they did widen their distribution footprint. I'm surprised that you can't get this one there, but you can get the regular Dragon's Milk. We can get regular Dragon's Milk, and we got one of their reserves. We haven't been able to get anything else, uh, and it's been hard to get um, any of their other items in our area. Interesting. Well, if you, if you find it, definitely it's worth picking up at least like a bottle of it just to, to try it, because that bottle will will last you for a while. Paul, since you're just doing repeat beers, I'm going to talk about my beers. And I'm drinking from Trogues Independent Brewing. This is their golden thing. This is a dry hopped double IPA. And this is dry hops with lemon drop and centennial. They're using Pilsner, Vienna, and wheat malts. Coming in at 82 this has a nice uh, lemony up front uh, and then kind of eases into kind of a dank um, resiny kind of flavor. For 8.2, it drinks really, really smooth. This is in the realm of how easy a drinker Nimble Giant is, but it is not in the same league as that beer. Uh, Nimble Giant is a favorite of uh, the Bagden Board Boys. This one would probably be an honorable mention, but wouldn't make the list. Um, it's good, but it's not great. Uh, it's definitely a bargatory beer, if anything. And this is the one that you said you probably weren't going to finish? No, I'm, I'm not going to finish it. I had, um, had a very heavy meal for dinner and i don't <laughs> i don't want to drink too i all i all i brought home were big boys tall boy cans that are all imperials and i was like well if i want to drink a second beer i'm not going to drink that one because i've been chomping at the bit to try my next beer well but i Paul. was chomping at a bit at, my, uh, at bits to try a beer that you tried a couple weeks ago and uh, this is Zero Gravity's Bing Bing. Bing Bing. Bing Bing. Bing. Uh, this is good. It's a wheat IPA. or uh, But 
It's very tropical, very smooth, very easy drinking at, what's the percentage? Uh, 6.8%. So it's not too big of a big boy, but it is a, a very hazy, juicy IPA, which I, I've, I've been enjoying. Even though it's gotten down to, uh, you know, to the 30s here in Buffalo, I'm still enjoying the tropical notes of IPA. <laughs> It, it finally just got uh, down into the 70s in Florida, so it's actually comfortable outside now. Well, la-di-da for you. I'm just saying, I'm not bragging. I'm just glad it's finally cooler outside. I, w- I got to wear pants today. It was nice. The 70s, you say? Indeed. You know, uh, that's going to bring into the one thing I want to mention in the Weekend Geek. And that's uh, 70,000 more Blu-rays are being printed, or, you know, collected more than 70,000 because uh, it's the complete collection of Batman the Animated Series on Blu-ray. The special edition is getting another printing because of demand. It's sold out everywhere. Amazon, Walmart.com, like any place that had it, uh, like last week, it was sold out. And they just announced that they are going to be printing another 70,000 copies of this. So right now in my cart is the pre-order in it from Amazon. I'll probably buy, be buying that tonight. Even though my wife is like, you, you don't need that. You already have them on DVD. And I'm like, yeah, but they're out of order. <laughs> like, it makes no sense. Well, it's not only that. In the, the DVD collections. The, how the Blu-ray versus how, like, the your standard... Because it doesn't even fit your screen, one. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the, the how it's cleared up and how crystal and beautiful it looks... Because I think I sent you guys, like, the comparison between the two. And it's just, like, a side screen of the Blu-ray versus what we we have now. And it just looks amazing. And also it comes with Mask of the Phantasm. Uh, and also, what was the other uh, Batman animated? Uh, Sub-Zero. Those two uh, movies as well. And a bunch of back, uh, back material. Um, you know, interviews commentaries that just aren't on the DVDs so uh, I'm excited to uh, get it in and, and watch it all. I'm excited I, to borrow it from you. Yeah, <laughs> it'll be a good borrow. Guys, uh, also uh, something that I found when I was very upset that I couldn't get the Batman Blu-ray and I ordered because, you know, Amazon uh, the complete <laughs> complete uh, series of the Fantastic Four. You remember oh, the God. 90s one? Yeah, the 90s Ugh. one, the Marvel Power Hour. You, you didn't the, pay with more the introductions than five dollars, right? With, with the introductions from Stan Lee, yeah, it was How like tw- it was twenty five dollars, which is Whoa. twenty dollars too much. But you were taken for a ride, sir. Yeah, yeah, in the fantastic car. You know what's better is like there's <laughs> I haven't unwrapped it yet. I like it's in the packaging, it's so you can still send it back. Yeah, it's I haven't even opened up the envelope that came in because I'm like, the- ugh, this might have been a mistake. It was. There was no. like a a late like seventies Fantastic Four cartoon, which is better. And then there was another cartoon where a kid had like a magic ring, and he'd say it's clobbering time, and then he'd turn into the thing. Oh, I saw. Clips and then of he that would hit something. people. Those two are better than what you just purchased. <laughs> I don't know. It might make it into the Marvel movie retrospective somehow. Oh man. We should watch. There are some really bad episodes, like the um, the Black Panther episode of that series. Mm-hmm. Really bad. Just insensitive or just bad? Just bad. <laughs> Makes no sense. It's ludicrous. 
crazy. Uh, and the other, the other thing that we have for news is uh, Mark Wade has launched a crowdfunding uh, for his legal defense against uh, a Comics Gate lawsuit. Uh, Mark Wade has been very vocal, um, trying to protect uh, women in comic book industries, people of color, the LGBTQ, and other creators working in the industry against um, Comics Gate and its. Uh, it's something Meyer. I can't find his first name here. Um, but this character, um, Meyer, is suing Mark Wade um, for disrupting his uh, agreement for publishing his series Jawbreakers with Antarctic uh, Comics. Um, Mark Wade kind of stepped in and just said, this might not be the right person to align yourself with. And they ended up um, dropping their deal with Meyer, who then went after Mark Wade. Um, you can find out more about this uh, on Kickstarter um, or Wade's uh, GoFundMe. Um, he's got a website up that also talks about it. And there's a nice um, Washington Post article about it as well. There's also, um, if you check out the Word Balloon podcast with John Suntress. It's an episode from a couple months ago, like after all of this happened, uh, Mark Wade was on to talk just about where he was in comics now with working on champions and jumping over into stuff like Doctor Strange and I forget what else he's doing over at Marvel now. But this actually came up as something that they had talked about. And this was before the lawsuit and just how he kind of became embroiled in this where he was speaking out against this guy that has like a crowd of people around him all talking down and like shaming creators of like color or different um, genders or sexual orientations and as a result he did put a call into Antarctic Press and was like yeah you might you might not want to go ahead with this because you know this is what's happening with the sky and then Antarctic Press did make the call be like oh yeah like no we're we're taking a step back so now um, this guy's suing Mark Wade saying like he's basically been blacklisted in the comics industry because of Mark Wade, even though Mark Wade's in no position of any sort of power at Antarctic Press. He was just like, uh, you know, hey, maybe, maybe don't. And then they're like, oh, yeah, you're, you're right. You're right. Yeah, I think it was more look into this guy before you have this deal and what you're aligning yourself with. Um, yeah. So I, you know, I just wanted to bring it to people's attention. You know, if you feel like uh, you want to contribute, please go ahead. But he does explain everything. The podcast uh, Word Balloons might be a great place to start and listen to what he has to say. And uh, MarkWade.com, he also has things about it too. And yeah, I think it's uh, it's a good thing to put a couple bucks behind. Yeah, I, comic books, even for their bigger, broader media sensation right now with comic book movies and video games and cartoons and everything. The actual medium itself is still pretty niche. So anything that anyone does to try to like force people out of either creating work in it or enjoying the medium itself is just dumb and uncalled for. Like 
why, why would you want to take away something that somebody loves? And there's there's so many books out there. If it's if that writer, you know, I, and I, we do a comic book podcast, so we critique writers all the time. But there's never really any super animosity towards those people, except for a select few that kind of, you know, maybe deserve it. But, uh, but yeah, you know, to to vocalize it and a platform and to get people behind it who are probably a little out there to begin with and go after these writers or creators. I don't know. It's just a, a real dicky move, you know. Look at all the Star Wars fans going after all the, you know, the actress who played, uh, you know, I can't think of her name from Star Wars. Oh, Kelly you know, Rich. Oh, yeah. yeah, you know, all of that stuff, you know, get a life. Um, I just Googled the comic book that had been uh, dropped from Antarctic Press. It's called Jawbreakers, like you said. Um, it's actually being funded on Indiegogo right now. Um it's definitely it's made all of its money. So you know what? Whatever he, he's got the people behind him to support it, but it looks like just a bad kind of X Force knockoff, but like the nineteen nineties X Force. Mm-hmm. Oh, Paul, you'd love it. No, no X Force, not X Factor. X Force, not X Factor. Yeah. Come on, come on, Gian. How tiny are their ankles? Um, they're very tiny, but I see a lot of pouches. Like, well, knives with two blades and spikes on the handle, a guy holding a sniper rifle by the barrel, another guy jumping out of a blimp or something with a mask. He's got guns. Like, it's... Yeah. Does, doesn't look that great, but, you know, whatever. It's not something that we would have picked up to begin with. Yeah. But speaking of that, what are things that we would pick up coming out this Halloween, October 31st, 2018. Paul, what are you getting, buddy? I'm picking up uh, the Fantastic Four are back, guys. You yeah, know, we, we, we read the issue. Yeah, we're, they weren't actually back. It was just Johnny singing. Uh, and then uh, issue two came, back, came, uh, came along, and now the Fantastic Four are back. Oh, they're and back. I'm still waiting we're for back, issue baby. three. Uh, and, but Marvel 201, the whole series that was started over a year ago to talk about maybe the Fantastic Four returning and getting back together, is still going on. <laughs> but not but with back. issue 11. They're like, they're back! And it's a thing teamed up with Mr. Fantastic instead of the thing in uh, Johnny Storm, uh, the Human Torch. So I'm just interested to see what this series is still doing going on with the Fantastic Four being back! Bing bing back. back. Bing bing. <laughs> bing bing. <laughs> what is Marvel Rising now on Disney something? Disney Now? What is it? I can't even see it on, on the little flip, but it's like on all the Marvel comic books right now. It's like Marvel Rising. Oh, that I'm, oh it's I'm an sure. app. It's an app game, apparently. Okay. Never mind. But it's on the cover of everything on all the Marvel books. Interesting. That I don't know anything about. I feel like Marvel's two in one. Did it start a year ago? I feel like it started. I don't. I think it's been like a consistent monthly book. I think it's. It it started in uh, December. Yep, you're right. I feel like it just came out. Like it just started. 
Crazy. Oh, oh. 2017. Yeah. No, you're right. No, I, I, I looked uh, but it But Marvel up. Rising isn't an app. It's on uh, Disney XD, and it's an animated series that stars like Squirrel Girl, Miss Marvel, and a bunch of other characters. Captain Marvel? No, no, Ms. Marvel. Oh, okay. I wasn't sure if it was... Yep. That's cool. I'm sorry, I didn't... I might not have put the emphasis on the right syllable. <laughs> uh, Chris, what are you looking forward to I, reading? Uh, I'm actually looking forward to a couple books. Uh, there's some really cool kind of anthology one-shots coming out with Avengers Halloween Special and then the Batman Secret Files. Uh, but the one that I'm actually really jazzed for is coming out from IDW Publishing, and this is the Disney Afternoon Giant number one. This is going to be a bi-monthly anthology series. Uh, it's going to be telling new stories from some of our favorite Disney animated afternoon characters from uh, DuckTales, Darkwing Duck, Chippendale Rescue Rangers, Tailspin. Um, books being written by Ian Brill and then Warren Spector. Ian Brill is actually the writer of the Darkwing Duck, Tailspin, and Chippendale comics that were coming out a few years ago from Boom Studios. Uh, Warren Spector is a video game guy. I can't remember what he did. He's the head of some Paul studio. Spectre Ops. Uh, Warren Spector. Was he uh, Deus Ex? No, that isn't Warren. What, wait, Psychonauts? Was that the one? He, well, I know he no. did uh, Epic Mickey. Wasn't that the guy? He did um, um, the the click one, the 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 Skull Island. Monkey Skull yeah, Island? He, he did uh, Deus Ex, yeah. He's okay. Deus Ex. He's, yeah. Ultima. System Shock. Thief. You're, you're saying the point-and-click adventure games? You're thinking of uh, the other guy uh, from... That's okay. I'm not worried about it. <laughs> okay. No, but um, he's been around for a while. He's mostly known for his contributions to uh, the video game world. He's also a huge Disney fan. He has actually a gigantic Disney Anna collection, and he was the mind behind the Epic Mickey games that came out eight years ago that actually kind of reintroduced um, Oswald the Lucky Rabbit into the Disney uh, Disney family after they had reacquired the rights from Universal Studios. So, bless you. bless you. No, I was laughing. My wife came into the room and made me laugh. Oh, it's not like a sneeze. Mm. Sorry. I, I was trying not to laugh and it got me good. We also did the Wing Commander series back in the day. Ooh, Freddy Prince. Oh, not not that movie. No, wait, he, Freddy the Prince Jr. Game. was actually in the video games, though, wasn't he? No, he was I in the th- movie. I thought he was in the games. Mark no. Hamill was in the games. Oh, that, okay, that might be what I'm thinking of. They're easy to confuse. Yeah. No, they're not. <laughs> had to cover my ass somehow. Uh, but yeah, that's that's the book that I'm looking forward to. Yeah. And, and I am looking forward to, from Ahoy Comics... Edgar Allan Poe's <laughs> Snifter of Terror number one. Uh, this is written by Tom Peer, Peer, uh, who is the writer of Batman 66, and Mark Russell, who is the writer on the Flintstones comic book. And um, the two team up to tell the classic tales in a brand new story where it's kind of a cross between drunk history and tales from the crypt. And they're working with Edgar Allan Poe's famous stories. Uh, I'm a fan of Edgar Allan Poe. I'm a fan of Halloween and horror movies. Uh, 
that too. I'm really looking. I I got to find somebody to go see the new Halloween movie with. Yeah, I still haven't seen that. I might do that tomorrow. Oh. Yeah, maybe. Guys, uh, Chilling Adventures with Sabrina. Really good. Talking about. I, know, I might do that tomorrow. It's, I forgot. We read the book, and it's like the opening sequence is like the anime uh, is the art from the book, and Kate's like, "That looks really cool," and I'm like. Really? Well, <laughs> hmm. let me download it again on a comiXology. Maybe you should read it. Uh, there was a choice today of starting Sabrina or Daredevil, and we started Daredevil. And then, my, and then my wife was like, let's watch something else, but not as dark. And I was like, well, <laughs> can't can't pitch Sabrina. Uh, no, so that's on my list, too, but uh, I, I'm going to say it again. I said it quite a few times to you guys off show but The Haunting of Hill House amazing probably one of the best TV series I've seen in a long long time uh yeah but that's my pick uh Edgar Allan Poe thing boom boom Boom. reading it on Halloween got the day off oh nice yeah yeah I get to go to the Sabres game Oh, sit in the us. sit in the Labatt's box seat, and you get to uh, take a tour of the new Labatt thing. Yeah, I get a tour of the new Labatt house in Buffalo, and uh, then I got the day off. Read some comic books. Complain about how my back hurts from sitting in those seats. <laughs> You're a jerk. I am a jerk. <laughs> this is true, but I'm a I'm a jerk that picked the dramatic reading. Yep. And uh, hold on, I gotta pull up because it had a. It's got a huge name, and I want to do it justice. And now, a dramatic reading from the sneak preview of the Green Lantern: Beware My Power, from Justice League Odyssey number one, page twenty-eight, panel one. Nobody panic. Chill. I got this. And that was a dramatic reading from the sneak preview of Green Lantern. Beware my power. From Justice League Odyssey, number one, page 28, panel one. I just don't understand. I've got this. It should you know be, what? I got this. But you know what I else? have got this. Yeah, that's the proper uh, English. I go. have got this. I got this. Yeah, I have got this. I have got this. Yeah. I've got this. That's proper? That's the yeah, that's the proper. I have I, got I this. I got this is just like very colloquial. Like that's just Okay. I got this. Uh you guys go to the show notes, look up this picture because really if you look at the picture, Hal Jordan saying, "Nobody panic. Chill. I've got this." Like he just looks like such a I I don't like the art for this that's, book. That's oh, that wasn't out. my take on that dramatic reading, though. I, I, I know. My, no, I, I know. thought my dramatic reading was uh, pretty good. <laughs> it was. It was a Hale Jordan esque delivery. Yes, but Thank it you. doesn't fit the art. He looks very nebbish. He just looks like totally like I'm over this. Uh, it reminds me if it, it looks a lot like Essex County, like uh, it, it, yeah. A little Jeff what? Jeff Lemire art. Jeff Lemire art. Yeah, you just in the face. The more the more I look at it, the more upset by it I am. Like he's got a really weird torso. His arms like super short. It's like kind of stubby. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a fan. I, I probably won't be buying this book. Oh no, nobody should. Okay. Uh, 
<laughs> uh, yeah, I down I re-downloaded uh, Justice League Odyssey because I was like, oh, this will be a bad book to do. And then when I downloaded it, it opened up right to this page, and I was like, yep, right there. Boom. That's dramatic reading. But has anyone else had a chance to open up their second beer? Yes. I'm still drinking my first one, and that was my plan the whole night because it's yeah, it's big. Paul, you've moved from Bing Bing to uh, flying objects or foreign objects, not flying objects, foreign objects. Uh, Cohated and Cambria sponsored from Stardust to Thought Form. Uh, it's not actually sponsored by Cohated and Cambria. It's just a joke made that that Chris made last time we had uh, John had this beer, and this is you know. Got a more fruity vibe to it than Bing Bing. Bing Bing. Uh, Bing. But they're both easy drinking. They're both very good. Uh, I would probably get this one again versus Bing Bing. Bing Bing. Bing Bing. Uh, This is right up there with Wrench for those nice, fruity, hoppy IPAs for me. This has got... Mm. I had to take another sip because I wasn't quite ready. This is more of that citrusy uh, fruitiness. So, and a little bit of passion fruit. At least that's what I'm picking up. Ooh, pineapple? Pineapple? Little pineapple. Mm. Uh, back end. Pineapple. Delicious. Citrus I don't want a back end pineapple. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Why wouldn't you? It's so delicious. <laughs> Sorry, that was a joke. Because I don't from, under. I'm going to. It's a joke from Little Nikki where, like, they're, like, punishing Hitler in hell. And, like, Kevin Nealon's got, like, the boob head. And he's got, like, pineapple. And he's, yeah. Never mind. Continue. Never seen New Little Nicky. Oh, don't think I need. Don't think I'm missing anything. It's. I love that movie more than anyone probably should. Oh, you power ranking style. You would put it above the other good Adam Sandler movies or the movies that we think Paul, are good because Paul, we grew up with. Name them. Name them. <laughs> uh, Billy Madison. Okay. Have you ever Happy seen Neil it? More. Have you ever seen it? Yes. Okay. I'm doing my power ranking right now. Oh, okay. Of these movies. So it would go Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore, and then that's about it. For uh, me. But that's the thing, like, I don't oh, think. Oh, uh, Wedding Singer. Wedding Singer, I put up there. Oh, uh, Wedding Just Singer's good. Drew yeah. Barrymore. Um, but here's the thing Little Nicky isn't as good as those movies, but just for some reason. I just really like it, like guilty pleasure watching that you're not really guilty about. Like, I will never apologize for it. It's a stupid, stupid movie. But it was the whole reason that I, like, the first time I saw Popeye's Chicken, I was like, I have to have that. Popeye's Chicken's uh, fucking awesome. It's a, it's a it's, joke from the movie. It's good. And it, I didn't like a, a big, uh, what was the one where big he Daddy. was a, no, the, he was a millionaire. And nobody knew Rich he was Daddy. a millionaire. Mr. Rich. Rich. Mr. Rich, yeah. Mr. Mr. Deeds? Mr. Deeds, yeah. that's it. Didn't like that Mr. one either. I like Mr. Deeds. Mr. Deeds fun. His Winona Ryder, right? Is that the one? Yeah. 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 It's, like, that was, like, that was kind of where the cutoff for those, they're not great, but they're funny enough uh, Adam Sandler movies. And, like, they just, they just happen to all of a sudden, like, fall off with, uh, the the one where he plays his sister and stuff and uh, well, even I like think we grew up I think we grew up and he was still playing to that same audience of the sixteen year old and they had that or fourteen year old and with that same sensibility and that generation already grew up I, I, I don't know if you were, you were listening I know care. we were in a conversation but oh. I really like Little Nicky 
<laughs> so so clearly, we t- I at least didn't out-age the material. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Also, like, uh, Adam Sandler's got a new comedy special on Netflix, and it made me laugh my tits off. Like, it's got a lot of great, like, one I knew you were looking stuff. to thinner. I didn't realize that hey, was it. Hey! It wasn't that. Uh, but no, there's some good guilty pleasures with Adam Sandler. Uh, but I am reading is or I am drinking. You can read the label to us. So that's the worst. I will. Uh, I was going to say a, a guilty pleasure of mine are black IPAs. I love them. Nobody no, makes them. No guilt. Uh, so when I do see them, I get really excited. And I am drinking from... New Belgium, part of their Voodoo Ranger IPA special release line, is an Imperial Black IPA. This beer is coming in at 10%, and um, it's pretty good. We have some nice roastedness. Nice roastedness. There's a good hop bitter, or is that the, the malts giving me that black beer bitter? I don't know. The one thing is, is... You still get it's ten percent, and you get a little bit of that on your tongue. You get a little bit of like it almost kind of finishes like you just took a shot of like vodka with that alcohol on your tongue. Um, It's still good. It goes down fairly smooth, just with that little bit of a alcohol hit at the back end. Um, I'm probably a little more than halfway through this, and I started drinking it right before we started recording. So. 30 minutes, I'm almost finished this beer for 10%. That alcohol is not, is not keeping me from drinking it. Hmm. Uh, but I like it. I don't know. I have a second can. I probably would wait till the next time I hang out with Paul and maybe split it with him. Um, but I could easily drink hmm. this again because I've, mm-hmm. I've almost finished it. But it would be something I would share. Uh, there's going to be another black IPA coming out from New Belgium in their variety pack. And then there's another brewery, I can't think of who it is, is doing a black IPA this winter as well. So it's like a renaissance. Three three black IPAs this winter, guys. It's the winter of black IPAs, guys. We did it. I'm uh, excited for it. That'll be they're, good. They're back. Uh, and, and we'll have to take a look and see. I think I saw this at my beer store. But it might have just been the regular booty. I'm not sure. Uh, I just, Chris, every like time I go in, I'm just looking for better half now, and I just haven't seen it. It is a uh, it's a four pack tall boy cans. Okay, I'm not, I'm not seeing it. Black and silver. Raiders but that'll get colors. us. That'll get us into our main topic. John says this is your baby. This is your baby. This is your baby. Oh, go ahead. I forced ahead. it. I just forced us to do it. Uh, some so reason back- I don't want to read that Superman book. <laughs> <laughs> so on the Google Doc that we uh, write down our episode ideas, uh, you know, we were, uh, you know, it was a pretty hairy stretch there where we weren't recording weekly. Like, it was like, all bets were off whether or not we were doing episodes. So I'm like, I need I to start just throwing up. I don't know if you noticed, up. but I took a, out of the introduction, the we're a weekly podcast that comes in through. It's just because I don't feel confident saying it anymore. Yeah, that's why I started saying gather up the news instead of each week, you know, of the top week. Except I brought it back this week. I said of the past week. Uh, because I'm like, uh, we, we now just, whenever we can record. 
so I threw this up there as a not episode idea for uh, people to talk about, and that was Disney Afternoon Cartoon Power Rankings. And I don't want to spoil anything, but I also wrote, if Gargoyles isn't your number one, you're wrong! <laughs> so, uh, that's... So guess what's going to happen for my number one. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to, you know, kind of delve into that Saturday morning cartoon. Or uh, it's actually Disney afternoon. This was when he would come home from school. And it was on syndication. Uh, when I was growing up, this was on Fox. Uh, the Fox channel in my local area. Uh, I think I was still living in Mooresville when, it, when we first started watching it. And then we were in Niagara Falls. Uh, and I kept on watching it then, too. Uh, so this is like late elementary school, early middle school uh, years for me. Um, actual years where season one started in 1990, even though the Disney afternoon kind of had its start with the Gummy Bears cartoon that actually started as its own solo thing uh, back in 1989. It kind of just became its own own thing. And then they're like, oh, well. Let's let's capitalize on this, and they started kind of repackaging some of their popular characters in more updated contemporary settings to to try to catch kids. And I mean, honestly, for us, it worked. Yeah, I still remember some of the like uh, the countdowns to the new season, and I'm like, I know I have to go back to school, and that kind of stinks, but at least I'm going to get that new cartoon show that looks amazing. <laughs> And they would be kind of premiering about this time of year, you know, uh, it's a little bit earlier now, but uh, I, I, X-Men, the animated series, I know it's not a Disney one, but that premiered on a Halloween, on a Saturday morning. But we're talking uh, about after school. Gargoyles, Gargoyles premiered um, just days before Halloween, like the week of Halloween is when it premiered. Also, about this time, yeah. how many years ago? 1994, so... 24 years ago. There you go. Right? Doing the math right? Yes. Yeah. That's great. Also, uh, really cool at that time learning that like half the cast of Gargoyles was from Star Trek The Next Generation. (laughs) Because I was like, I can watch both of these shows. I was a really Um, nerdy kid. Yeah. Um, With uh, Will Riker and Donna Troy... Both being in the cast, um, as uh, Jonathan Xanados yeah, and Demona, Jonathan Frakes, and um, blanking on um, Dana Troy's name, uh, Demona. Um, Demona. No, I know, but her the real the real person's name, uh, Marina, the Cer- actress's Mar- name, Marina Sirtis. Uh, Marina Sirtis. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Chris got it. Yeah. Uh, sh- um, the the showrunners of Gargoyles wanted to ask them to have Patrick Stewart on to voice a character. And they're like, ah, that might be overstepping our bounds. So let's not, let's maybe not do that. <laughs> oh, but it, it would have been so cool. If Patrick Stewart. I, I don't voice. know about Patrick. If he did the voice of uh, Macbeth. It would have been epic. Well, I don't see. That's the thing. Like, cause I don't know if Patrick Stewart at that time would have done it, but Patrick Stewart now probably would have. Cause he seems like he's, really cool stuff and especially if you like appearing on extras was that the name of the ricky gervais show uh yeah extras yeah, yeah. Where he's yep just so over the top like i i feel like we missed this out but i mean there were other people from uh, uh, star, uh star trek that did have appearances but uh google 
um, Patrick Stewart telling the story of when he met Sting on the set of Dune. Oh. It's it's hilarious because he has absolutely no idea who Sting was <laughs> and why he was so popular and why he was in the movie. He thought he was a like a cello player. <laughs> All I know is Patrick Stewart agreed to be poop in the Emoji movie, so I think. You could get him to do a voiceover, uh, voice of the Gargoyles cartoon now. <laughs> it's just like... But we we're, we might be jumping ahead in some people's lists. So this yeah, is, yeah. This yeah, is a power are. ranking. We haven't done a power ranking episode in a while. Um, we're going to start off with our what number a, five Wait picks. a way. What a great way to bring it back, though. Hey, thank you. Such a good way. Oh, yeah. If you got I mean, if you got to, you got to. So, uh, but start off with number yeah. five, then we're going to work our way up to the best. Uh, I'm assuming we'll have some crossover on this list. Mm-hmm. Some might be higher on some people, some will be lower. Uh, that's all part of the fun. And then we will have honorable en- uh, mentions at the end. Yes, because there were some Disney cartoons that weren't in this cartoon block. Are you, are you picking uh, Marsupilami? No. Okay, because that, that shouldn't be on your list. That's, that's not on my he list. He had a really long tail. I don't I don't know anything else about it. I just remember watching it. Um, my number five, and it might be really low, and I might get some flack for this uh, because I think this will be a lot higher, especially on Chris's list. I'm thinking this is going to be two or three on his list. Oh, I see. And this is this is Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Mm. I, I do like Monterey Jack and the crew and Zipper all creating like. Really cool devices out of everyday objects. Like they made a blimp out of a old can, an old like soda a ble- bottle. I think no, it was a like bleach bottle or a detergent bottle or bleach bottle. Yeah, yeah, detergent bottle. Yeah, with a like balloon. you know, they MacGyver things. It gadget you know? did, and, and, and that's cool. Yeah, that was all well, gadget hack and wrench. But she was the inventor. Hottest mouse hands. But down. then Monterey Jack would fly it. She was the hottest mouse hmm? hands down. Gadget. Um, Name a hotter name a hotter mouse. Yeah, no. Okay. I'm I don't really find mice appealing in that way, but cool. Nope. Good, good on you. Well that's okay, so I mean Paul Proust. Whatever no, gets your whiskers will, in a twist. Nobody will dispute that fact then. So <laughs> that's now podcast. Yeah, I'm not disputing that's it. now podcast law. <laughs> okay. Uh I love that Monterey Jack is basically reminds me of Jack Burden from uh MacGyver. Another way that this series reminds me of MacGyver. Uh, then you also have other 80s pop culture references of uh, Magnum P.I. with the... the uh, Dale. Was it Chip or Dale? Dale, that always wore the Hawaiian shirt. Yeah. And then uh, Indiana Jones style for Chip with the uh, bomber jacket and the, and the fedora. So, you know, I think there's a lot of great 80s nostalgia built into Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers. Uh, it is pretty low on my list. I expect other people to talk about it. Uh, um, greater detail. No, it, it's on my list. I just list. didn't think he had. A... It's not. No, I said it, it is on my list. It's not. Oh, it's okay. not towards the top. More. Um, it is a little bit lower. It's not my number five. Um, so I'll I'll talk about yeah, it now. It, it's it's my number four. Now. So. Yeah, it's it's my number four as well. Um, it's a. Oh, I see. I thought it was going to be two or three. No, honestly, uh, this is where. It, Oh, my, my one and two, like, I knew what they were going to be as soon as we started talking. It was the three, four, and five spots that I was kind of like, I had to go through who I am as a person now because of these characters. I know that's stupid and dumb to say. Like, it's 
hyperbole, but I grew up with these characters having a knowledge of them from the other Disney stuff. Um, I don't think I would be a big of a fan of Chippendale if it wasn't for Rescue Rangers, though. I do enjoy some of those older shorts that they were in, especially like when they were giving Donald shit. Those are just a lot of fun. Uh, it's but, not Christmas until I see that episode. Oh, well, like we cut we cut down the tree, and like yeah, tree, and they're living in it. Yeah, yeah like they're like gotta, they're like shooting the nuts between his legs, like he's like a goalie. Like it's it's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And when I think back to like being a kid, being like, oh, I love Chippendale, I love Chippen Chippendale. It all comes from Rescue Rangers because this wasn't syndication. This was what I was excited to get home from school and watch. Like we had a TV in the basement. And there was a couch down there. Like my mom and stepdad would be watching whatever they watched. It was like Oprah, what other other talk shows were. But this was my time. I would run downstairs, jump on that couch, and I would just watch the Disney afternoon stuff. And Chip and Dale was one of those ones that I absolutely loved. A um, little bit of weird history. We almost didn't get this one. Uh, originally... Chippendale's Rescue Rangers was supposed to be a Rescuers spin-off cartoon. Uh, the Rescuers, of course, the hmm. story of the two mice that get involved in adventures and help people. Uh, only reason it wasn't the Rescuers and they decided to do it as Chippendale was because uh, Michael uh, Eisner, sorry, I couldn't just make his name for a second, uh, and Jeffrey Kassenberg, the heads of Disney and Disney Animation at the time, had already put the rescuers down under animated film into production. And they were like, Oh, well, we're already doing something with these characters. Who else do we have that's small that can be adventurers? Yeah. Okay. We got ship and nail. There we go. Printed. Uh, and that's where it came I'm, from. I'm glad they did. Uh, I loved watching this cartoon as I was a little kid. And it was one of those ones I would watch before I would go to school. Like they used to play them. Um, they used to play them in the morning. So I would watch, I'd watch Rescue Rangers, and then when that was over, I knew I had to leave to go uh, to go wait for the bus stop. And this is um, this is one of those ones. Every morning, like I'd get I'd get up and I'd get ready, and I'd sit with my backpack and coat on in front of the TV with you know Indian style, and just sit there and watch this. And then credits roll, go out for the bus. Um, but no, I loved this one, and I thought I thought this would have been your kind of show. Paul, because they were always inventing different things. They were always like, oh, we need to get this, and Gadget would whip it up and that would be the the show. Um, So no, this is one I had as number three until like one of the last ones Chris said. I was like, no, that would be my number three. Uh, So number four, Chippendales. Yeah, I I loved it. It It was fun. It would be one that I would go back and watch again, and I used to love playing the Super Nintendo game. Oh, that was that was a good one. Uh, one of my all-time favorite Sega Genesis games is based off of one of my uh, later picks on this list. Um, and not to not to jump ahead or you know force anyone's hand, but Gargoyles had a Sega Genesis it game. Did, didn't it did, didn't it? Huh. Rolling action. Yeah, Fun, it's like funny you mentioned rolling that. action, but also DuckTales. Uh, <laughs> much like Aladdin, and, also, and did, which that's also the best Sega Genesis games. Yeah, it, well, that, that was, was better NES. on the NES yeah. though. Also, but very good on the uh, three. I love that. Was really, really I made good. You, I made you for Genesis. Practically, 
give me your thing so I could play that. Your uh, what you call it? Yeah. Your doodad. Uh, yeah. I, I, I guess I don't. Want... I'm sorry, Chris. He also said yeah. that it was yeah. The Ducktales was remade recently. Yeah, that was on uh, Xbox Arcade, and I'm, I believe it was on like the PlayStation Network too. But they did a high def remake of it, and yeah. it was it's on Steam. It was definitely worth like the ten bucks or whatever it was because I was finally able to play that game and beat it because I never could as a kid. Uh, I was kind of like just jumping yeah, into something. It's like a good episode of DuckTales, too. It, it does. There's, it's a lot of adventure. And on the moon, uh, I don't want to force anyone's hand, but did anyone pick Gummy no. Bears? No. Okay, I wasn't sure. Um, like I, said, I, I think we want... were too young for that. I don't know. No, like, I don't I really mean, remember it. like five to like seven when Gummy Bears came out. So I think that's like the sweet spot for I it. Remember, and, I remember and, watching it as a kid. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't have like, I don't like a it. lot of memories of the show, but I remember watching it and liking it. Uh, but just to kind of circle back to Michael Eisner and just how he was with stuff. We got Chippendale Rescue Rangers because they were already doing something with the rescuers. So he's like, uh, do this. Gummy Bears came out because he walked into work one day and was just like, my kids are obsessed with eating gummy bears. Let's do something with gummy bears. Kids love gummy bears. So someone was like, uh, cartoon? And he's like, all right, there we go. And then he leaves. For a while, back in the 80s, Disney was actually going to do a Noah's Ark uh, animated feature with music no. from from Andrew Lloyd Webber because he saw Phantom of the Opera and came into work one day. I was like, love Phantom of the Opera. We got to do something with Andrew Lloyd Webber. And they're like, okay, we'll do that. And he leaves. And then he came back in later. I was like, nope, we're going to do this instead. And he was just very ADD with this stuff, but... Yeah, what we could have had and what we got are completely crazy, just based on this man's whims uh, when he was in charge of the Disney. Uh, Chris, you're number five. My number five, uh, I'm assuming, is also going to be on your guys' list, uh, and this is one of my favorites. That's why it's on my list. It it was hard to pick my bottom three, but I actually wound up picking Ducktales. I thought that okay, was going to cool. be higher uh, for you. It's. It, like I said, it's tough, and I kind of had to go based on these characters and how much I loved them as a kid versus how much I love them now. Uh, and there were some that kind of knocked this down a little bit. Um, I have nothing but love for DuckTales. Um, at uh, my job, we're doing like a weird Halloween Secret Santa exchange thing. It's called Blue <laughs> Buddies. Uh, it's, no. basically, it's basically just an excuse to buy people candy and stuff and like small gifts. Uh the girl who has me as her boo buddy actually got me DuckTales socks. Like, the one sock has Scrooge oh, on it. Cute. The other one has uh, Huey, Dewey, and Louie on it. Like, they're awesome. I love the Disney ducks. All of them. Uh, I, and I feel very Stanley about Christmas, though. I, I, I don't need everything to be Christmas. Just give me simple, plain Christmas. Stanley Hudson from The Office. Mm-hmm. You don't you don't like boo buddies? Is that what you're saying? So I don't like boo buddies. That's it's, all. It's just a fun little fun little thing. I'm glad he got with. the cool socks. It's okay. Hey, don't shit on that okay, man's but, parade. Uh, oh. I'm again it. He's, hey, I, I got him. Sorry. Uh, I'm I'm sitting here at my computer right now. I'm looking up at my Disney pin trading board, and I have like one, two. I have six pins that are Scrooge McDuck or Huey Dewey and Louie. Um, I love these characters. You have a uh, digital spreadsheet of your Disney pins? No, but I'm looking up at my board because like, they're posted on the wall. Oh, 
Oh, you have it on. Yeah, it's not, it's not I corporate. would be much more interested in Disney trading, uh, pin trading, if there was a digital well, I mean, spreadsheet. You, you could make a spreadsheet. Way to make it want. lame, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> Way to nerd it up. Uh, uh, I excel mm. at spreadsheets. <laughs> Don't clap for yourself. Oh, that was me. I'm laughing. Uh,. I, I but I love I love DuckTales. I'm so glad that it did come back. The relaunched version of the show is fantastic. And I love that they kind of they went the Gravity Falls route with it where they're all kind of just like fun standalone episodes, but there is an overarching story that goes across everything uh with the mystery of their uh, their mother. And I, just, I think it's so much fun and I mean, show starts off in a little bit of darkness with Donald Duck going off to war because, yes, he is a member of the armed forces. He's a, he's a Navy man. Uh, he's going off to war, which, you know, looking back on this now, I was like, oh, man, Donald went off to fight the Gulf War. That's that's crazy. Uh, but he leaves his three nephews, Huey, Dewey, and Louie, in the care of his eccentric billionaire, Uncle Scrooge. And up until then, like, we had had Uncle Scrooge in the Mickey's Christmas Carol. And I think he was like a very strong part of that, but he just had such like presence as that cool, like old dude. And I don't think I had seen anyone like that in cartoons up to that point. Cause then I'm thinking back to my grandfather who just like, embarrassed me when we would go out to restaurants. Cause he was calling every single waitress, sweetie or love. You can't get ice in your drinks because it costs money. Doesn't matter if you get free like refills or not. Like you don't get ice in your drink; it's already cold. Yeah, yeah water sit down. I much rather. I agree with everything I... your grandfather was doing. So I'm apparently yes, I'm yes, you are. Yep, yep. Did you do? You, did you also uh, have your shirt halfway buttoned down, like showing off your uh, big fat hairy Polak chest? <laughs> no, yeah. but I did button down for uh, Burt Reynolds. Yes. One button down for Burt. I just kept talking about Tom Selleck the whole day. Um, <laughs> that, was, that was fun for me, though. Uh, but yeah, like, Scrooge McDuck, he's a cool dude. And as much as I like the, the Disney Ducks, like Donald and Huey, Dewey, and Louie, I'm glad that in the new show, they kind of all have different personalities. And they were finally like, no, let's make these three characters characters onto their own right, not just some weird triumvirate of mischievousness. Uh, DuckTales is my number uh, du- four. Okay. So I'm happy that it was this low on your list because I'm like, ooh, me putting it this low, I might get in trouble with the guys. No, it, it, it's it's a great property. And even kind of like circling back, like the DuckTales video game was fantastic. That's one of my favorite NES games of all time. Like if, I, if we ever have a favorite like 8-bit Nintendo game thing, Paul put it on the list. DuckTales is going to be one of mine. I'm not going to put it there because I never had an NES, so I didn't play the DuckTales game until the remastered. So wow. that's that's why I know it's on Steam, because I made sure I got it. And I actually played it over at uh, a friend of mine, Eric's house, uh, because he had it for his PlayStation 4. And it was great. We, we switched off levels. We had a really good time with it. And if you play it all in one sitting, it does feel like a really good episode of DuckTales. Uh, I love being able to go back into the money bank and like swim around in that cash, mm-hmm. even though I know physically that's impossible. 
Uh, yeah, DuckTales, I think it was, it came out when I was really young. Uh, but there is an episode that instilled the love of economics for me. It's the Uh, episode where, I know, the episode where there's an island where Scrooge McDuck accidentally, like, you know, just, you know, was a jerk and polluted by leaving soda tops, soda, uh, soda uh, can tops or soda bottle tops there and that became the currency yeah that became like their gold standard pretty much yeah and then he's like well if people are poor i'll just give you guys more soda these things are free i'll just i'll just trade them for more for more stuff and i'll take that stuff for something that's useless for me and he flooded the market with soda pop soda soda pop tops that's that's what they called them soda pop tops and it became a whole inflationary thing where people were walking around with wheelbarrows and explained inflation. And I loved it. <laughs> As a kid, I'm like, that's very interesting. You can wreck somebody's life with economics. This is great. <laughs> and it just, you know, it's colonialism, it's economics, it's uh, imperialism with a, with an economic currency. It's, it's a very interesting show. And I also like the episode where... Uh, uh, where a sea monster ate all his ice cream. Um, this this is actually one my number two. Uh, I loved wow. watching Ducktales. Um, it's uh, with the new series out. My wife and I watch two or three episodes almost every Sunday. Like it's our we sit down, we'll have brunch unless we're doing something else, and we'll watch a couple episodes of the new series, um, which we both really love and. Yeah, I, I the new series Head and Shoulders above, um, above the old Ducktales. But there was just something about that show I used to love watching, mm. and it's wait they get into yes. advanced economic theory. Yes, they do. <laughs> well, yeah, and you actually get Donald in this. Uh, Capital and Gains. They tax? actually didn't have Donald in the series because they didn't want his star power to overshadow the other ducks. And that's where they created Launchpad to t- fill in for the the Donald character. Uh, right, mm. right now at Disney's Animal Kingdom, in the Dinoland USA section of the park, they're having what they're calling Donald's Dinoland Bash, where you can go meet like Chippendale, Donald Duck, but then they also have Launchpad McQuack and Scrooge mm. McDuck there too. And I wasn't there uh, last week Sunday. And I was just walking around, and I walked around one of the corners, and I saw Scrooge there, like, signing stuff, taking pictures. I was like, oh, my God, I can meet Scrooge McDuck. And then I saw the line, and I was like, oh, my God, Scrooge McDuck is a huge line, and I don't think I can wait in it. And then I saw, like, Launchpad was in the building next to him, and I was like, Launchpad has a line. Like, that's absolutely crazy. And I I think a lot of it is just due to that new cartoon now. Uh, can we get – we can't – go past talking about DuckTales without mentioning one of the best characters ever. The accountant that becomes Gizmo Duck. Uh, Fenton Crackshell, who's fantastic. Who's the accountant and also an economic, you know, who must have studied some economics. And that becomes Gizmo Duck, basically the Robocop of that show with a really cool one wheel. He was the uh Segway before the Segway. He he was. Uh no, uh, I I love Gizmo Duck. I have a Gizmo Duck T-shirt. I also have a uh, like a couple years ago, Disney put out a set of vinylmation like collectible vinyl figures. 
Uh, and one of them was a two pack where it was Fenton Crackshell, and then this other one that came with him was him in the uh, the Gizmo Duck shoot suit. Sorry, mm. uh, but yeah. Uh, fun fact about Gizmoduck, his name was originally supposed to be Roboduck, and that's why the little logo on his like chest plate is like a rocket ship with like a swirl behind it. It makes it look like an R. Never really looked like a G. I didn't understand that at the time, but yeah, apparently it was some sort of a issue with calling him mm. Roboduck. Uh, but yeah, I'm just glad DuckTales is on everyone's list. It is a, as a rightful it should be. Um, not to jump away from this topic, but John, have you had a chance to watch Gravity Falls? No, I have not. It's, they have the whole series on uh, Hulu right now. I strongly recommend that being your kind of go-to Sunday afternoon show after you finish DuckTales because it's it's so much fun. <laughs> uh, it, it's great. We had to do and uh, my number five... That which I think is going to be very high on Chris's list, is going to be Tailspin. Tailspin was one of those shows that I, uh, I always liked watching, but I didn't, I didn't always love it. I think I got a little bored with it here or there. Um, I liked Blue, but I didn't really like uh, the Kid Bear on it. Well, you didn't like Cloud Kicker? I found oh, I found him, I found him oh. a little annoying, and when it was like his centric shows where it was more focusing around him, I would probably change the channel. I'd probably get up and go play with my GI Joes or something. Um, but Tailspin is a show I really liked. I always liked that it um, it felt like uh, one of those kind of like late seventies, eighties movies that I would watch with the adventurers, you know, different different adventuring things and um and it just i always liked it i always liked that it was all the characters like from the jungle book and um but i didn't mm-hmm. i didn't love it mm-hmm. i loved it more than everything else on the list uh but it's my number five. Ooh, it's it's my number three uh, it's my number three as well okay cool uh it's my number three because air pirates yeah Come on! It's it's air Sky pirates are awesome. It's air pirates. It's people like making supply runs. It's so weird. It's, it's centered around a great pun for hire for hire, where we go higher for your hire. It's it's great. There's a kid that wears a noodle strainer on their head. The original Pastafarian. Uh, Sky pirates. Come on, like uh. Remember for Xbox Live and also some other things, they had that Scooby Doo or that uh, Peanuts like game where you could fly around on the Red Baron and shoot each other down. Like that's what I, I wanted a video game based off of Tailspin, where you were you know doing the Sky Pirate thing, shooting things down. Uh, the '90s band Garbage had a great music video where they were basically j- flying around in junk airplanes shooting each other down like there's something about being a sky pirate that just really scratches an itch for me and i'm like yes that's that's what i wanted to be when i grew up other than an economics major and <laughs> you just you base everything shell. you wanted to be off disney afternoon cartoons i'm, I'm seeing now yeah i became you guys remember why i became a temp right 
Because Mr. Fantastic in Marvel Knights 4 became a temp. Just, it was just it wasn't because of the office. It was to become have a job, but I had no idea how to do that. So I'm like, what's this temping thing? I never heard about temping before until I read that comic book. And I'm like, okay, great. I'll do that. Become a temp. <laughs> so I owe my life to these movies and fanta- or these uh, cartoon shows and Fantastic Four. <laughs> This episode sums me up. But why is it your number three, Chris? Um, I grew up loving the Jungle Book. And the fact that this is based off of those characters, even though it has nothing to do with the Jungle Book story, this is by no means like a continuation of that story at all. Like This is such a repackaged version of what we got with those characters. Baloo is one of my favorite Disney characters. Um, I'm kind of sad we never got any kind of like weird Mowgli crossover, but I don't understand how they could do it because it's all like anthropomorphized animals flying planes. Uh, But there's just like just a great sense of fun and adventure. Like you said, like it's sky pirates and it's such like a weird, almost like Batman animated series, like art deco visual style to everything. Mm-hmm. That strangely and somehow works, even though it's based off of a cartoon that came out in like the fifties. Uh, like it's it's weird, but somehow it, I just I really loved it. And again, this was based off of characters that I loved growing up. And then I watched this cartoon, and this is where I kind of make the break with what I love about these characters being based off of the cartoon from the Disney afternoon versus the original appearances that they had, because I loved the jungle book. I was just excited to see those characters in something else. Like I had one of those little books on tape where you would listen to the book as they're telling you it, like the story. And like, you would turn the page when it, like you would hear like the tribal drums. Like I, I wore out that tape. Like I listened to it so much because the music was so great. And I think the music of the jungle book really solidified my love of just like ska and swing music as I got into my formulative years. Hmm. Like I can listen to the jungle book soundtrack still and be like, yeah, that's, that's what I like. Give me more horns and big drums. Like, okay, sign me up. And then you throw in like flying around on supply runs while you're dodging like Shere Khan's like, uh, or not Shere Khan, uh, Don Carnage's sky pirates. And you've got like, corporate intrigue with Shere Khan over on the side. That's really cool. Kid Cloud Kicker? Yeah, he was the character you wanted to be because he's the kid that's joying into this world. He's flying around on a piece of metal behind a plane. That's dope. I'd rather fly the plane. You're wrong. Uh, I don't know. The only thing I didn't like about this show was uh, Rebecca, the woman who buys Hire for Hire, her weird daughter Molly, who's just kind of there to be like the annoying kid. And then the, uh, the original Pastafarian, the, the original Pastafarian, and then the weird, like, drugged out uh, mechanic Wildcat. Like he was just kind of there to like slur his speech and like fall into oil drums. I feel a comic relief. But uh, no, this is this is my number three, and this is one of those great standalone shows that just happened to be based off of something else that I liked. Uh, Chris, uh, did you already say your? Right. Why don't you say your number four? 
if you haven't already. Uh, no, I, I said my number four when Paul did his number okay. five because mine was Chippendale. Uh, so my was number four, four was also Chippendales. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm and Paul? Yep. I already did my number three yeah, because but, you no, just but mentioned Paul, it. So Tailspin across the board. DuckTales. My number four was DuckTales. So we've, I think... Tail, tailspin across so, the so board far, is number three. Our, yeah, so we're all on number three right now. Uh John, you mentioned, I think your number three was No, my number four right? is Chippendale. His, his number three is Tailspin. No, my number five is Tailspin. Right. Five was Tailspin. My number, number three is three, Aladdin! Whoa! Wow. Uh, I didn't think I would like nice. the Aladdin TV show. I really liked the Aladdin movie. And I went into this cartoon going, I'm not going to like this. How can I like this? They set the genie free. Well, genie's back. And that show was a lot of fun. I loved watching it. And like uh, a couple years later when we went like on a school field trip, we went to like the Adirondacks. And one of the movies they put on the bus was uh, Aladdin 2. People were like, oh, that's for babies. Like, yeah, it's for babies. I want to watch this. I want to watch it <laughs> so bad. The Prince I don't of Thieves, know. right? No, Aladdin uh, 2 the, the Return was, of Jafar, right? Uh, Return of Jafar. The third one was The yeah. King of Thieves. Uh, don't worry, I watched that later on too. Uh, but I was ex- I was no, his, I his was dad excited comes to watch uh, the Aladdin movie, and I thought it was a really like a lot of times those Disney sequels aren't very good. This was a good movie. It was good, and I loved the show. So I was like, I was super digging it. So, I don't know. I just love Aladdin. I'm excited. I'm excited for the live-action Aladdin movie. Not as much because I feel like... I don't know. I don't like Will Smith as the genie. I I think they could have picked almost anyone else. But I don't know. I got to see it. I got to see what they do. I think... But I'm worried that I'm not going to like the live-action movie because I do love the Aladdin movies and cartoons. If you say, hey, what's your favorite Disney movie from, like, the late 80s, 90s, Aladdin would probably be up there in my top three. Uh, Paul? I think it's my number one. Paul, if if you Uh, want to jump in on the Aladdin talk, feel free, because this was actually my honorable mention, so I can... It was going to be on my honorable mention, too. This would have been my number six. Uh, And it's because of Sedina? (laughs) <laughs> it was the street urchin that had an obsession with uh, Aladdin. And you... That was also a mystic. You felt the same way about was, Aladdin, so it's okay. Oh, yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah, you would want to seduce that guy with your with your sand magics. No, I, I... For whatever reason, that always intrigued me. Like, hey, who's this girl? Do you, do you really want to sit down with Aladdin or with Jasmine Aladdin? Or do you want to hang out with a yes, sandwich? She seems to be, uh... Pretty cool. She can make things happen. I know a princess could make things happen as well, but Sedina, hey, why not check that option out? That's all I'm saying. Uh, no, like th- this is one of my honorable mentions. I didn't watch this show as religiously as I did the rest of the ones. Um, it was just at the time where I couldn't see it because of school and I would see, watch it because I love Aladdin. It's one of my all time favorite Disney films. 
I'm looking forward to the live action feature. So I think that's a, that's a big conversation that I'm ready to have right now, John. If you want to talk about it a little bit, um, I don't mind Will Smith. I, I don't mind Will Smith. I think that Robin Williams had such presence, and that yeah, they need to have him in like that, close to it. They had to have him in the movie as much as they did because so much of what he was doing was just him being Robin Williams that they're like, oh, this is gold. Like we have to animate this and put this on film. Like this is great. I think we're going to have Genie back in the lamp almost. He's just going to be that kind of deus ex machina. I don't think he's going to be like the buddy character that we had in the original film. And I don't think that's a wrong choice to make. I don't think that's a bad step. I think if they're going to be playing this a little bit more serious, it's a Guy Pierce movie. I don't see him making like a wacky, fun, like heist flick. It'll still be fun, I think. But I, I think they have to kind of play Genie a little bit more uh, low-key. Wait, are you saying Aladdin is a heist movie? I'm even more... It's got it, to uh, yeah. be. Uh, and, uh, Guy, Guy Ritchie. So many chases. Um, oh, wait. I'm sorry. I said Guy Pierce. He's the actor. See, if they had bad, said... Right. If they They're said both guys. Jafar, I would have been like, yeah, I'm totally on board with that. Um... But I yeah I don't like a subdued genie is fine but I don't know like I'm just not feeling Will Smith these days he just isn't doing it for me um, but if it, they cast him as Jafar I'd be like hey Will Smith is a bad guy yeah let's do it he'd be good at that um, yeah no I I don't know I love the car I love the cartoon I love the movies I'm an Aladdin I'm an Aladdin boy favorite favorite Disney princess I'm an, Jasmine I'm an Aladdin boy too. She's yeah, she's up there on the list, and kind of like to go back to what you're talking about with the the sequels. I, I haven't seen a lot of the Disney directed video sequel stuff because the ones that I did see weren't great, except for the Aladdin ones. I don't know if I was just a big enough Aladdin fan that I was able to just no, look they were past bad. the problems they had. Yeah, were, were they? I don't know if I ever I saw. I own them. like all Disney movies. And I've I've popped in a couple like ooh this isn't bad like Bambi two Bambi two don't need to exist there's a lot of them that don't need to exist I mean but I mean that 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 helped keep the company afloat though because they they still made money and they didn't cost a lot to make because they would sink the money into the actual animated feature and then they could farm off the the sequel to like a cheaper animation studio just to get it knocked out and then be like okay here we go vhs costs like 50 bucks a pop thank you yeah for but the it money. was really weird bambi and thumper hunting down the reanimated corpse of bambi's mother it was just bizarre i mean it's a story that wait <laughs> that's an idw comic that you made us read it's a story that needs to be told <laughs> they were detectives it was a hard-boiled like noir thing it wasn't good it, i know it i picked just... it it wasn't good <laughs> It wasn't the premise, though. The premise sounded great. Uh, all right, so you have my number three, Paul. Your number three. That's your number three. Tailspin. What's tailspin? We're, in so we're, we're into number twos now. Well, mine was Ducktales, so we already discussed Ducktales. Lay it on me, Chris. What's your number two? I'm gonna I'm gonna upset Paul with this one, and he's gonna tell me I'm wrong. 
Really? Yeah. You're going Gargoyles it, 2? Gargoyles is my number two, and I absolutely... Then Darkwing Duck has to be your number <laughs> one. Shh. It's the only sure. one. We're not talking about number seven. ones yet. We're okay. not talking about Darkwing Duck yet, because number two is Gargoyles time for me. Um, I absolutely adored Gargoyles growing up. It had the the Star Trek connection to it, but also it was just like a cool, dark, deep fantasy story that wasn't like anything else that we were getting at the time, not even just on the Disney afternoon, just in animation in general. Like the closest thing that we had would Mm -hmm. probably be Batman, the animated series. And there's nothing wrong with mentioning these two shows kind of in that same breath. Uh, Yeah. Best cartoons watching growing up Batman animated series. Number one, Gargoyles. Number two. Uh, And Gargoyles, I really liked, and I'm going to, touch on what you're saying it's a retelling of classic shakespearean english fantasy stories yeah shakespearean stories and this is why i was able to like just (laughs) ace english class like through you know in middle school and high school because i watched gargoyles growing up it's like oh Macbeth, i know that story i'm good Uh, (laughs) you know because it gave you that that deep background in that you know those tropes so, you know, I was ready to hit it and hit it hard. But, Chris, keep on explaining why it's your number two. Uh, no, it's just something about that story really, like, hooked its claws into me. Like Goliath climbing, oh, climbing up the side of a building to escape the night when the dawn comes. Everything about this just hit me. Like, the aesthetics of it, the storytelling, it just it gripped me in a big weight. It was our very first police procedural. It was. It was kids because they teamed up with a cop. It was a police procedural before there were this. It should uh, be a number one. I, I, no, I, I I can't take anything. Law and order is still around. <laughs> it's it's that same formula. Everybody this was loves the, it. Uh, Gargoyles was the first uh, series Disney put to a DVD box collection. For a TV series, it's uh, it's on. It, they've been floating the around, wanting to do a live action. Uh, since since 2011, they've been trying to get a live action thing going. Oh man, you can still use Jonathan Frakes. He'd still do it. <laughs> he, can, he still looks like Xanatos. He's got. He just needs the beard, and he's set. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's set. Uh, originally, back in 2011, they reached out to the guys that wrote. Uh, re- wrote uh gi joe rise of yes. cobra glad that fell through but back in june of this year jordan peele of uh get out fame put in his submission for a gargoyles live action movie i'm really hoping that goes through i, I hope that works I, I, i'd just be happy to see it come back as like a updated animated show again it, they don't have to change too much about it i mean yeah if you go back and watch it now the animation seems a little bit dated but it still had a good good look to it like just like those strong I'm, angles i'm rewatching it, it now i watched i watched two episodes before we recorded still looks good um, oh, i'm so jealous like, no wait you own the dvds <laughs> um they're all available on youtube oh really yeah. I'm watching them um, up. I know what I'm doing and tonight. Some of the people that actually worked on the show, um, 
Greg Weissman actually went on to become the person that was uh, responsible for the Young Justice cartoon, which is also fantastic. After they relaunched um, the Gargoyles comic book, it was over at Slave Labor Graphics, I'll say back in like 2006, 2005, he was writing that too. So we kind of got a continuation of that story. A uh, weird sidebar, uh, back in like post-graduation, John and I had like a weird comic book alternate story thing, Ace Electricians. <laughs> John, I don't oh, know, John, I remember, do you remember that? Where I remember. Electricians, of, electricians by day, yeah, Monster Hunters by night. night. Yeah, uh, it was based off of, what was his name from uh, House 2? Uh, uh, the guy who played Cliff, Cliff Clegg, Clavin. Um, John Rassenberg. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I can't, I can't remember his name in the, in the story, but he was, he was just an electrician that just happened to know how to fight ghosts and monsters too. And John was like, that's a great idea. Like, uh, like, you know, Steve, uh, Smith, electrician and adventurer. And, uh, yeah. Oh man. It was good. Cause Chris and I, we spent like the summer of 2001 just renting like every doofy horror movie anything we could his, his name yeah, was bill. bill by the way and we would um every time we'd watch a movie like a bad movie we would tag something on like they wore jumpsuits why because in uh dawn of the dead the two main characters wore jumpsuits uh they they drove around in a refurbished ambulance why because in Night of the Living Dead 2, they drove around in an ambulance. Like, it was just like, we would just tag different things on to this story. Yeah. Yeah, they they had their own titles, and my character's name was the son of Goliath. Strictly just because Goliath from Gargoyles. It's just one of those weird little things. Like, it sticks with you. I have a Gargoyles t-shirt that I bought, like, 12 years ago somewhere. Black t-shirt has Goliath on the front, on the back in orange letters. It says stone by day, warrior by night. Anytime I wear that shirt anywhere, someone comments on it. I get at least one person to be like, gargoyles. It's like, yeah, it's one of the best animated features ever. Like it, it needs to have more of a presence. I'm glad that it's still getting that respect, even though it hasn't had any kind of support since a weird like six issue comic came out from Slave Labor Graphics because it's it's not out there. It's not in the forefront uh, of the pop this... culture anymore. I'm just glad I got to play that Sega Genesis game where you couldn't fly but you could glide. Just like the uh, Gargoyles had a yearly convention every year uh, up until 2011. Uh, someone just needs to pick up the convention center that it was on. The Gathering yeah, it was of Gargoyles. Something like that. The um, gathering, yeah. Oh, have to, they don't have uh, to call like the clan, like the gathering of the clans or something. I just like that that none of the gargoyles had names. So when it's not Detective uh, Elite, Montoya, Elisa Manza. Oh, Elisa was like, no, we need to come up with names, and they just pick you know street names in New York City, Lexington, Broadway, Hudson. <laughs> like, well, they're all great names, Lexington. Yeah, so good. They're great names. They're so good names. Uh, John, 
You're having a kid soon. Remember that. They're all great names. <laughs> uh, also, big thing about this show, too, is the voice of Keith David, uh, who is one of the best parts of the NBC superhero drama, The Cape. The Cape? <laughs> and he's also one. He's also a main character in one of the best video game series ever. What? Massive. Oh, is he? I'm sorry, yeah, I never uh, finished that. He's a uh, he's Commander Anderson. He's Anderson. And uh, I in the, I don't know if I got fight. around to meeting that character. No, no, he's right at the beginning. Oh, I, then I <laughs> like he's the he's your commanding officer on on the ship. That then gets yeah. I, I really could not get into Mass Effect, so yeah, I know. apologies. Yeah. <laughs> apologies, because that even that it seems like something that should have caught me, but I couldn't. Uh, but then he's also the villain in the Princess of the uh, Park, Doctor Basilier, which is he's one of my all-time favorite Disney villains too. And he was also the voice for the Marine com- uh, commercials, the few, the proud. <gasps> he is also right. the. There's two survivors in the thing: Kurt Russell and Keith David. He also showed up in another John Carpenter movie, They Live, where him and Rowdy Rowdy Piper have a kick-ass, knockdown, drag-out battle in the middle of that movie. Uh, and he's one of my favorite characters in the Emilio Estevez-helmed movie, Men at Work. The Mighty Ducks? Oh. <laughs> uh, no, Keith David's around. He's, he's everywhere. And, and, man, once you hear that voice... And once you realize yeah. who it is, you when every time you see him, you're yes. always excited to see him. It's just it's just uh, such a great voice. He's the da- he's Commander the stepdad in um, something about Mary. He's Mary's stepdad. What do you mean you got the Franks about the beans? Hmm. Oh, you're missing out. I've never Paul. seen it. It's, it's, it's got a John, it's movie. got uh, I, Brett I'm... Favre in it. You love Brett Favre. I feel like everybody loves make... Brett Favre. There's Wranglers commercials. I get enough uh, Brett Favre. So now, I, I'm just I clicked over to his IMDb and I completely forgot he was on Psych too. He plays a. Uh... Oh yeah, 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 yeah. What? <laughs> Once and then they replace him with. Ernie I thought Hudson. Ernie Hudson. I thought Ernie Hudson got replaced. <laughs> or by he replaced. He was replaced by Ernie Hudson. Yeah. Or he replaced. Yeah, he replaces Ernie Hudson. Yeah. Uh, For this yeah, Keith David's episode. great. This uh, Gargoyles is my number one as well. Yeah. So, well, what what is your number two then, Paul? Since uh, it's your number okay. one, Darkwing Duck. <laughs> it's remember how I started this episode, uh, this section by saying, "Hey, I remember getting super excited because of the previews. Hey, and the countdown for the new." Uh, a cartoon that's going to be released and make sure you get home kids because there's going to be this episode and it was a bunch of just street use dancing and like Ooh. poorly lit foggy area <laughs> to the theme song you know um, that wasn't really a theme song what I I will send this to you later Paul because what you are talking about is the Darkwing Duck rap yeah that's it wasn't the theme song I, I have to find all... it because I I've seen it. It's it hasn't been recently, but it was terrible. But yeah, it was like clips of like Darkwing Duck like swinging across like live action kids like b boy dancing. Oh, yeah. oh, wow! Google Hall here. We that come. was that that was the lead up to this. It was like, hey, let's get excited. 
this is going to premiere. Don't worry, you got to buy a new backpack and have your mom <laughs> buy you new clothes for school and a trapper keeper. And they would put their hands on their knees and then swing all the way around. Yeah, you know, in a foggy, poorly lit street with a bridge in the background. That was it was, was cool the first time you show. saw it, but they played it. I wanted to see it so much. They'd play it like that. You'd go to commercial, <laughs> and then they'd play it, and then the cartoon would come back on, and you'd be like, "Yeah, I know. Just play the cartoon. I don't need the rap again." Nope. I got it every time, and I got more and more excited. I I was in to watch the show. I I wanted to get dangerous. I never want to get dangerous. <laughs> you Dark don't. You don't even want to get dangerous. I hate danger. Uh, no. Uh, what's his, what was his alter ego? Drake Mal- Drake Mallard. Drake. Oh, uh, Drake Mallard. Never wanted to get, to, but Darkwing Duck. Oh, he he thrived on it. And they would do the crossovers. Roboduck. A.K.A. Gizmo <laughs> Duck showed up every once in a while, and then they did the Dark Future ver- episode mm-hmm. of like the Days of Future Past version of Darkwing Duck, where he becomes like Super Robuck, the uh, Dark Avenger, like Super Batman, like Evil Batman, because uh, the girl gets killed. It's great. So, uh, weird fun fact. Again, we almost didn't have Darkwing Duck because originally it was supposed to be Double O Duck. But then after they learned that the phrase double O is owned by the estate of Ian Fleming because James Bond is 007, they're like, oh, well, we can't do this super spy duck anymore. What else can we do? And they decided to base it more off like the 1930 serials of like The Shadow and Batman, uh, which, which gave us Darkwing Duck, which at the time of watching this, I wasn't a fan of pulp material at all. And what it really reminded me of was the gray ghost from that episode of Mm -hmm. Batman, the animated series, which I guess honorable mention for best Disney afternoon animated cartoon, Batman, the animated series. Cause I guess that really just set the tone for everything that I liked from cartoons going forward. But we got this weird constantly telling us like how we could have missed how we could have missed these episodes or these cartoon shows makes me feel like we're living in that perfect dice roll. <laughs> yeah. of, uh, you know, if someone had rolled in 19, we would have had like one season of double O duck that everyone would be like, uh, this is terrible. And would have like shuttered Disney, yep. like a home animation forever. That's possible. Yeah. So I feel like we're living in the good, we're living in the best possible version of reality uh, right now. But that's a very weird reference to community that nobody will get <laughs> except for the three of us. And that's okay. And if you get it, rate us and review us on iTunes. Uh, but just Thank you. eventually we did get Double O Duck in one way where they had an episode of um, DuckTales called Double O Duck where Launchpad McQuack got mistaken for a spy by mistake and kind of gets like sucked mm. into this like weird adventure that he's definitely not capable of. Was it North by North Quack? No, it was Double O Duck. Oh, it was called Double O Duck. <laughs> I said that. But yeah, uh, 
uh, the Disney afternoon was like such a weird, random smattering of stuff that just kind of happened. It, it, and like I said, it was like the perfect storm. And Darkwing Duck is one of my all-time favorite, not just Disney animated cartoons, but favorite characters, just because he means he means to do well, but he's just not great at his job. But he still just kind of like falls fast backwards into a way of of solving things, and he brings together his own weird little family with Launchpad and his adopted uh, daughter Goslin, and then like Honker, the weird kid from next door, like kind of just tags along sometimes. I just think it's a great family. So he's uh, in the first episode. He's just Darkwing Duck, and he creates the everyday person uh, character Drake Mallard. To Rick, be Rick the adopted Mallard. father of, of um, oh, what's her name, Goslin, Goslin, and it's it's Goslin. that's the really interesting part is the the secret identity is the made up identity. He was always Darkwing Duck, but he created that character to be the fa- to be a father, to be the mask, um, and their like their connection. <laughs> And every other like yeah you, you you have that apocalyptic world where where she's died when um, Darkwing goes into the negative the negaverse the negativeverse you know she's Ooh, neg- neg- uh, she's supposed to be the evil version but she can't help help Darkwing and he doesn't destroy the negaverse. Because she, an, another version of her, is in that world, you know. Like, there's always that really strong connection between the two of them, and that's kind of what is the charm about the show. Um, this would, and that's why I love Ryan Gosling so much because his actual name isn't Ryan Ryan Gosling. He just took it because of the show. He wanted to be like mm, that's Gosling. made up. Um, <laughs> that is made up. Uh, Dark, Darkwing would have been, been my number. It, it's my honorable mention. It's my number six. That's a, wow! Not on the list. I'm surprised. So, Gargoyles yes. is your number one, though, right, John? Yeah, he's Ducktales. So, what's your number two? I'm very confused. I'm, I'm okay, so John's you list. You know, like I, I, I was. <laughs> Six months, like it's you, not like a big by, age difference. From Paul, no, no, he's a he's thirteen months That's old. A lot. Oh. Uh, okay, well, well, John's list is Tailspin, Chip and Dale, Aladdin, Ducktales, Gargoyles. Paul's was Chip and Dale, Ducktales, Tailspin, Darkwing Duck, Gargoyles. Mine, Ducktales, Chip and Dale, Tailspin, Gargoyles, Darkwing Duck. So I mean, there's and my honorable mention. One of my honorable mentions would have been Aladdin, my... but the one that wasn't on, wasn't in this block that I want to mention is the uh, New Adventures of Winnie the Pooh. Really? Yeah, uh, it's something my little brother really loved, and like I said, how uh, Chip and Dale that one uh, short with him Donald. messing with uh, Donald Duck wouldn't it be it wouldn't be Christmas without watching that episode. Uh, the Christmas episode of the New Adventures of uh, Winnie the Pooh, where Pooh goes out and tries to be Santa Claus for everybody, that's Christmas for me as well. Like, I really like that episode. 
Uh, it, it sticks by me. I think I bought it on iTunes one year because it was there uh, for the three ninety nine that it cost me um, back in the day. But yeah, it, it's one of those ep- one of those things that it's not a great cartoon show, but for whatever reason, it was on on Saturday mornings, and my little brother really liked it, and I would end up like watching it with him, and it was good enough, you know. And I I never I got like into okay. Winnie the Pooh. Um, I mean, not to say that I don't have a favorite Winnie the Pooh character. It's Rabbit because Rabbit's the only voice of reason in that entire what about goddamn the owl? universe. Uh the owl and Kanga. Uh, and Eeyore I, makes a lot of sense too. Let's just speaking, speaking from depression. Speaking from depression, yes, Eeyore. But I don't know, like Rabbit's just the one that like he's kind of neurotic, but he's also one that's like this doesn't make sense. This is stupid. Why but you he's like the this? biggest dick. Yeah, but yeah, because he's a dick. You know, you know who would I who would I expect Rabbit to be his favorite character? Paul, because there's an episode there's an episode where the Jeez. rabbit does his taxes. <laughs> How many carrots does he owe? I owe this many carrots. So he's fighting with those grubs. Those Neapolitan uh Neapolitan like. What's that word? Napoleonic? Napoleonic grubs. Yeah. Yeah, those grubs uh, are chocolate, vanilla, and strawberry. Uh, all together. And they're just eating all of the carrots. So I, Any other honorable mentions? I, I uh, that weren't in the weren't in that block that you might want to talk about? Uh, like I don't know, Kim Possible was really good. Kim Possible, uh, yeah, Kim, Kim Possible. Possible was good. I, My little sister was, too, was, you know, growing it up. It was way I was way too old for Kim Possible. It was, yeah, it was definitely after the fact, and like I didn't. You guys are the but, oldest. Yeah, we don't. The kids. We don't have younger siblings where we still would have caught that stuff. Yeah, I, I did see it from yeah. time to time just because it was like on Disney Channel as I'd be flipping through, and I did appreciate it for what it was. Like, I consider myself like a like loose fan of it Every because once like while, I feel really bad about only having one TV growing up. But then now, like when we're doing these conversations, I'm like, I'm really happy I grew up in a one TV household where my little sister got to control it because, hey, I got to watch Even Stevens and uh, Kim Possible like, and be way too old for it, but still really enjoy it. <laughs> uh, it it's not an honorable mention, but I do want to just throw a name out there. Jim Cummings. Uh, if you don't mm. recognize the name, all the voices. you would recognize the voice because it's <laughs> all of them. Um, I don't mm-hmm. have like a full list here. I'm just like I'm scrolling through his IMDb real quick, and he's like a consistent like actor. Like he's been in everything. If it's a video game or a cartoon where they've needed someone to do a voice in it, he's done at least something. Um, gosh, I'm just going through it. Uh, he did the voice of Bonkers in the cartoon Bonkers, not on anybody's list, and we're all right for that. Uh, but he also did the voice of the other main character in that, uh, Detective Lucky Vakel. But Paul, one of your honorable mentions, he does the voice of Winnie the Pooh and Tigger, even currently mm-hmm. to this date. Like that's yes. that's what he does. Uh, where am I? Pirates of Dark Water, <laughs> not it's the animated cartoon, but he was on that. Uh, but also in Darkwing Duck, he does the voice of Darkwing Duck. The next door neighbor, Herb Muddlefoot. Uh, 
over in Goof Troop, a Disney Afternoon cartoon. He does the voice of Pete. Uh, still doing the voice mm. of Pete today. So if you see Peg Lake Pete and anything, that's him. Uh, he did some voices in Aladdin, some of the villains, uh, Razul and Farouk. I don't remember enough about Aladdin to like point out who they were, but he was those dudes in that. Mm-hmm. Winnie the Pooh, Winnie the Pooh. I'm just scrolling through. It's all, all Winnie the Pooh, Winnie the Pooh, Tigger, Tigger, Tigger. Uh, over in Tailspin, did the voice of Don Carnage and uh, King Louie. Gummy Bears, he did Zummy Gummy. Carpy and quote unquote man. Uh, also, after the original Jungle Book, he was also blue in pretty much anything that had blue in it. Over in uh, Chippendale, he's he's Monterey Jack. Like, <laughs> if you have a favorite character in any cartoon, it was probably him. He also did Fat Cat in Chippendale too. Dudes everywhere. So hey, shout out to him because. You've done it all. Uh, mm-hmm. Jim Cumming. I'm, I'm going to throw this out yeah. there. All right. We did our Disney ones. Top five cartoons of all time, not including anime. Can we can we throw that together real quick? Oh, oh. Take a pause, a couple minute pause, <sighs> throw it together. Okay. Uh, Okay, I'm gonna go right now. I'm gonna go uh, uh, Batman the Animated Series number uh, one. Yeah, my, my, well, first, first, first. Uh, sorry, 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 sorry. Are we talking just like TV animation? Or are we talking like cartoon, like movie, like, TV feature animation style? Okay. Okay, Batman the Animated Series, Animaniacs. Wow. Would be my I'm number just saying, two. All, all times, not as a kid. Looney all time. Adventures. Would uh, would I get to include this list as well, or not including it's all this? Time. It's all time. Okay, so it's Batman the animated series. Are you doing this in order? Gargoyles. So number one is BTAS, okay. Batman the animated series. Number four, number two, Animaniacs. Number three, Gargoyles. And then I'm going to be oh. struggling for. Yeah, that's what does Avatar fall in this fall? That's what I oh, like. Avatar. That's, oh, Avatar. I was like <laughs> waiting for. It. That's why I was like, two. "Are you doing this in order?" So, Batman the animated series, Batman the animated series, Avatar the Last Airbender, then Gargoyles, then then Animaniacs, then Animaniacs. Or yes, no, Animaniacs was before Gargoyles. I shouldn't <laughs> take a pause. <laughs> It was offered, and you were like, like Batman the you, you had to be the hero. You're like, no, like, no, no, no. Uh, Avatar. <laughs> Avatar. Animaniacs. Gargoyles. Then my number five. I'm going to wait until I hear <laughs> other options. Uh, I'm sub- like, to me, like I loved Animaniacs, but I love Tiny Toons more than Animaniacs. Uh, um, Chris, you need a sec? I can go. I can go with mine. Um... If you want to go, I'll also need a sec after that because I'm still trying to like formulate. But I was also yeah, just yeah. Gonna, like write hey, everything down. Uh, we can, I can, I wrote down my list so I can always give it to you after. So don't worry about writing mine down. Think about like I kind of want to put Thundercats or something like that. On Thund- it, but Thundercats is to watch it that's the thing though. So Thundercats bad. it's good in nostalgia because I would always consider Thundercats but going and then rewatching it even as it like not as an adult but as a teenager I was like. I had to be the stupidest <laughs> kid ever to enjoy this. What was yeah. wrong with me? 
Exactly. Like that's why I'm. But like, Thundercats is cool. I like Robotech yeah. though, but that's anime. Because I would have put, I would have put. Okay, well, John, go number five. John, go ahead with your list. list. Is going to be Batman the animated series, Avatar, Last Airbender, Gargoyles, original GI Joe, and the new current Ducktales. I was a giant GI Joe head. I know almost all the G.I. Joe episodes almost by heart. Like, punishments, like, my dad, like, I was a bad kid. I'd get spankings, I'd be put in the corner, I'd get soap in my mouth. I was a bad kid. The thing that, like, my dad would do to, like, hey, you're you're bad, kid, I'd have to sit in the corner in the TV room, and he'd put G.I. Joe on, and he would sit and watch me. And anytime I start to turn, he'd be like, get in the corner. Get in the corner. Like, G.I. Joe is a punishment for me. It can't not be on my list. I know so many, like, right now I'm thinking about the time that Roadblock and uh, uh, Lady J got trapped underwater with uh, Tomax and Zamar, and they had to uh, harvest harvest uh seaweed because there was a crazy man who uh rebuilt the bat robots into making them uh their guards and they had to harvest seaweed like there's no reason the creepiest episode ever is oh, shipwreck yeah. when he is basically convinced that yeah he's retired and they're doing it to get the uh the formula the secret formula out of his head and everybody like his daughter starts his daughter starts melting his wife starts melting yeah oh so creepy i I feel bad because i I, he's he's married he's married to uh he's married to um she was a mermaid in a previous episode (laughs) uh i i like gi joe i could not tell you any of my favorite episodes or favorite episode like for me it's almost like not not oh, even like thundercats where like i loved thundercats growing up like i can't tell you much about thundercats like besides like no it was cool like i would go out and play thundercats in my backyard with my sort of omens um gi joe was like a step or two like below that but i do have my list can i get do my number five right now yeah go for it Oh uh, yeah, League, Justice League on the oh, that yeah. would probably that Same would series. that would take out duck, the new Ducktales. Yeah, that's Justice League. That's number five. Unlimited. That's that's not okay. Good. That's not on. I'm glad I didn't. That's not on my list. But as soon as you mentioned, I was like, oh, uh, that doesn't change too much. That'd be like my, my I had I had so many GI uh-huh. Joe toys. You could I would I would close my eyes. You could hand me a toy and I could just touch him and I'd be like, that's Law, that's Salvo. That's Duke. Like, I knew what they, just by touching them, who the character is. And I knew all the guns, ammo packs, backpacks, everything. I knew everything that went to all my G.I. Joes. I was a G.I. Joe nut. See, I was that way with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles because I had a lot of them. And I loved that cartoon growing up. I had episodes on VHS, like, from Burger King because I was like, it wasn't, like, the prize that you got for buying the the kids club meal, but it was like, Hey, you bought a kids club meal. Now we will also sell you this VHS if you want it. And I had all four of them. Um, Ninja Turtles, it's, it's close. That might, that might be like 
that might push out Justice League for number six because. But um, my my number one Batman the animated series, it's just art. Uh, then Darkwing Duck. My number three Gravity Falls. It's seen it. it's such a great cartoon. It's so much fun. It, it, it's so weird. Like once you start watching it, there's weird like secret orders. There's bizarre characters that just pop up in the background of episodes for like one like one not even like one scene, but they're in it for like just one quick shot that disappear. But then like two episodes like not two episodes like two seasons later, there's like a flashback to that character being in it. There's like secret codes that you can like like decryptify to figure out like messages at the end of every single episode. It's absolutely crazy, but it's just so much heart to it. And there's so much fun that I missed the first season of it when it was airing, but then I watched like the second season as it was like debuting as like they started showing the episodes and I was hooked at that point. But then as it kind of began, it's build up to like the season finale of the second season and then where the third season was going with spoilers <laughs> apocalypse i i was there like i was like i need to watch this i have to watch this and i would go back and like rewatch the episodes like try to catch the things that i had missed uh gravity falls number three uh then number four avatar last airbender and then my number five star wars rebels yeah that's Ooh, Rebels one. is great. I I was I was too old for Clone Wars when that was on. I've gone back and rewatched some of them, and it's it's definitely strong. But I think Rebels, Dave Filoni just went in with the knowledge of everything that he had done before, and he was able to craft like the perfect Star Wars animated series. I haven't watched any of Resistance yet. I know it debuted maybe like two or three weeks ago. Um, we talked about it on the show before. I think it was Paul. You said that it was kind of skewed more towards like the younger. The first season. Yeah, the first season hearing, is a little bit. Now I'm like. So I, I haven't checked that one out yet, but it's I'll, I'll get to it eventually. But Re- uh, Rebels is awesome. Like It's just so strong and it's so good. Uh, I'm surprised X-Men <laughs> didn't make our list at all. It's again, like, it, it, it suffers by the the like. Thundercats or like He-Man poor animation yeah you love it as a kid but going back to it like it might still have some charm like I mean He-Man like love it but I I would not be able to sit down today and just like no oh it's the other shows that I list because we all watched (laughs) the Christmas episode together the other shows I listed and we've lived it I can still go sit down and watch not just an episode of these but the entire series and love all of it. All right. I'm going to throw this out there now. Top. Oh, go for it. I still have, I still have my second uh, Dragon's Top Dragon. two. I'm just going to do two. Top two anime series. Okay. I can I can go first. I, I don't feel like I'm well versed on anime because series. I haven't watched... Any of like the more recent stuff that people are like Attack on Titans over. and One Punch Man, mm-hmm. exactly. But, um, I've I've seen some of Attack on Titan and it was really good. I just never finished it. Uh, but My Hero Academia is like the new one that everyone's like, "This is great! Yeah. This is great!" Um, I feel like I'm missing out. Super friend of the show, Janet, 
her boyfriend was actually watching that when like I'm sorry, who's who's Janet? Oh, sorry, Jojo Top His Nails. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, her boyfriend watched it and was like, "Oh, you gotta check this out." And she watched it, and then she was like, "Yes, this is great!" Like, and like she was the person that actually heard about it from before it became like this huge thing. Like, they had some special theatrical release for. I don't know if it was like the season finale or the season premiere of like one of the more recent episodes where it was like, no, people went to a movie theater and they paid that like premium to go see it on the big screen. So I haven't seen any of that, but for me, like my number one um, is going to be Neon Genesis Evangelion. It starts off just with base story. Oh, kid gets recruited by his father to pilot a giant robot against these creatures known as angels that are trying to invade Neo Tokyo, which is like all that remains of Japan after basically like second impact, which is kind of the apocalypse. Um, the angels coming down, if they reach this one point, will cause another apocalypse, which is like everything's done. Like there's no coming back from it. Uh, very base, but they find a way to make it like this crazy, super sci- like psychological drama that just becomes more than it sounds like it should have been. By it's like, oh, kid pilots a robot, fights monsters. Um, number two, I don't want to just be like uber bro nerd and say Dragon Ball, but there's just something fun and stupid about that show. Where, like, there's nothing to any of those characters. There's no, like, deep themes or plot to it. It's just, like, I'm going to fight you to get stronger so I can fight someone else that's stronger than me eventually. It's dumb, but there's there's just something to it. Like, it's basically anime popcorn where you just like to eat it because it's, it's stupid and fun. I couldn't I get know. into Dragon Ball just because I'd be like... Oh man, this fight's gonna be great! And then it would be like the one guy going, Hu-ah! and he'd be like lighting up, and then the other guy would be like, he'd be like, no, no, next time like, on Dragon Ball, and then it would go into some other storyline, and he'd be watching that, and he'd be like, yeah, but I want to watch that fight, and then it'd go back, and the guy's what, yeah, and then it'd go back to the other storyline, and then you'd be like, oh man, they're gonna fight soon. And then it would go next time on Dragon Ball. And then you'd see a dude get punched through a mountain. And you're like, yes, I want to watch that fight. And then the next episode <laughs> comes on and the guy's still going, what? And then they will go to summon like, the soul yeah, bomb. They it would be like, all next the episode, the guy gets uh, punched through the mountain. You'd be like, no, why are they doing this to me? I want to see that fight. And then they finally fight, and it would be I, I like two say, hits. And then you'd be like, "I waited forever for that." They did come out with like a streamlined version of it. I, it's either on Netflix or Hulu. I don't know what one, but it's called like Dragon Ball Z Kai, where it's kind of all the filler stuff cut out. So it's just like the plot and the big fight scenes. Just like, okay, here you go. Like, it's not twenty minutes of people yelling at each other while Krillin and Gohan are like dicking around on Namek. Like, it's it's more streamlined, but for me, Dragon Ball Z was kind of the show that I didn't know existed, because I remember seeing the original Dragon Ball on Saturday mornings at, like, 6 a.m., because every Friday night I would sleep over my grandmother's house, and then 
I'd wake up Saturday mornings just because like she'd be up doing stuff at like 6 a.m. And it just happened to be on TV. So I would just kind of like stir and wake up. She'd put on cartoons for me and Dragon Ball was on one of the channels. And then I'd like kind of like doze in and out of it. And then eventually Bill <laughs> and the science guy would be on and be like, I'm awake. Um, so Dragon Ball Z like is the continuation of that anime with Gohan or not, sorry, not Gohan. Uh, Goku as an adult. So the first time I saw Dragon Ball Z, I was like, wait, like I, I remember this like, okay. Like, and it had that hook in me. Um, so that's kind of why I just picked that as my other one. Like, it's not a great show. I mean, it definitely has its faults and I'm sure there's other ones out there that I would love more. And if I had the chance to sit down and think about it, but yeah, yeah. just shoot from the hip, like Neon Genesis, Evangelion, Dragon Ball. Uh, my number one would be Cowboy Bebop. Mm. Number mm. fucking Trigun. Number two is Trigun. My bad. Trigun was so good. Chris <laughs> Roy let me borrow all of his VHS copies of that, and I loved every minute. Um, it's up, it was great. up on Hulu. I went back and started. I started watching them. Um, didn't get far through them because you know. They were on yeah. Netflix for a long time too. I I love like I was like a big anime nerd in high school. I kn- so everything I know about anime is from, I know I know you know that the uh, the listener hopefully doesn't know that though. Um, but I was one of those people that I would go to our local media play, which I don't know if media play was everywhere, but it was like a offshoot or division of or Suncoast FY, Video, like, Fye kind um, of a place. Yeah, Fye. Like, I would go there every week and see what new anime stuff was available on VHS. And I would pay the 30 or $40 for the new tape of, like, Trigun that had two episodes on it. Because I was like, oh, I have to see Bash the Stampede! Like, what's Wolfwood gonna do? Like, I... It's so good. It is really it's, good. It's super good. And, it, it, again, it's one of those things, like, sh- shooting from the hip. Like, if we had done top five favorite anime that... That would have made my list. I, I, I sprung, I sprung uh, these on everybody. You you did, and I mean, it's it's a good question. Paul, have you had ample time to... Uh... I have, and I gotta go with uh, Robotech is my number one. You know, I always am suckered into <laughs> buying the number one issue of the relaunch of Robotech, and it's always the very same issue. Do, do they always just call it like, Robotech or is it Macross now? I don't know. No, they always call it Robotech, even though it becomes uh, Macross later on. But man, I, I just love the idea of flying around in one of those ships that's able to turn into, you know, from a you know a fighter pilot, a fighter jet, into a like half fighter pilot, fighter jet, half you know uh, robot into full robot. Like, there's something about that and the spaceship and your. It's like Battlestar Galactica meets Gundam Wink. And then my number two, <laughs> Gundam Wink. <laughs> where, where you're, you know, piloting this huge cool mech, you know? I, I You know, there's... With a- anime equals mechs in my mind. So, or Jaegers, or the Jaegers? I don't know what they call them now. But uh, the cool mechs. Uh, then Voltron would be my number three, because I grew up with Voltron, the Five Alliance. It'll always have a place in my heart. Uh, yeah, Trigon would be in there. 
And then, uh, uh, I don't know what, what my number five would be. But those are my first two. Because you guys didn't mention them. Cowboy Bebop, I just want to say, so. is... Oh, watch it. Go back. Go, guys, go watch it now. Uh, I think it's on Hulu. All of it. And it is so great, especially now as being more in depth in pop culture. Because they make so many references that we probably never got when we were younger watching them. It is such an amazingly good show. And there's the, the, the anime that in it. Just the art, everything is so good and so fluid. And all those people who worked on the show ended up spinning off and going and working on other shows that are all highly rated shows. Um, But they all kind of started together doing the show and putting forth their best effort on it. And uh, it was one of those things I literally just went back and rewatched it um, in July. And... I, I was just I, I was blown away by how dumb I was at a, as a kid because I was like a Quentin Tarantino nut and there's so many like Tarantino references and episodes that I was like man I never got this what an idiot that's I remember watching that because it was on Cartoon Network on like Adult Swim Saturday nights but I yeah, I didn't Tsunami. see it regular enough to like consider myself a fan because I just I didn't see it so it was kind of like one of those like I'd be in and out of shows but I definitely enjoyed it and I, I feel like I do need to go back and like rewatch it because it's it is it great. was uh the voice like I, I I watched the uh the dubbed version and the dubbed version it's not just like the Joe Schmo people who are voicing it it's like really good it's really good people voicing it that do a great job and it was almost written intended to have american you know english speaking people do it like it almost feels like those people were the voices were already in those people's heads when they when they wrote it so uh i i i highly recommend going back and rewatching it cuz it's phenomenal that's one that I definitely would. Um, I know he'd only asked for two, but like probably like one of my other ones, and this is more like the movie um, Princess Mononoke yeah. uh, from Studio Ghibli. Like that was like one of the first anime movies that I bought because it was coming out. And it was like they were portraying as like no, like this is from this illustrious anime studio. They got like big name like like American actors to do the voices in it. Like I remember it's like Jillian Anderson as like the giant wolf. Like I, I watched it and like, I loved it and nothing else from studio Ghibli like really grabbed me as much. Like, um, Hall's moving castle was cool. What's the one with the girl with the big fat, Uh, um, rabbit that's like holding an umbrella. Oh, my neighbor, uh, my neighbor Totoro. I, see, I never actually like, got into that one either. But like, that's like the like the big one next to uh, Kiki's Delivery Service. Um, Vampire Hunter D was like, I I, I saw it, uh, didn't but get I into was it, like though. in like fifth or sixth grade, and <laughs> that's early for that. I was movie. watching like crazy film noir back then. I was such a film nut. My dad 
my dad just let me like, hey, you want to watch a crazy movie? Watch it. I was such a a film guy. Well, Vampire uh, Vampire Hunter D like had a reverse STD where they had to have sex in order to cure the the disease that was going to kill them. I don't like no, I don't think so. Because I even had that on on that might have been Vampire Hunter D two. But uh, but yeah, I I was such a it was like fifth fifth going into sixth grade because when we had like in sixth grade when we were leaving the elementary school. We got to paint our ourselves on um, in the hallways, and I gave myself a Vampire Hunter D T-shirt in the in the thing. <laughs> so, nerd. Uh, but anything else no. you want to spring out on us, John? Favorite computer animated TV show reboot. Oh uh, yeah, reboot. <laughs> Not not Transformers Beast Wars though that was I liked was Beast rough. Wars. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, even at the time watching. Then you were great. Then you agree with friend of the show Greg. Oh, uh, then I know he also I'm wrong. Really enjoys Beast Wars. <laughs> <laughs> but if you think I, he's one of the people I, that actually listen. Don't insult him. He's gonna get that because of uh, X Men First Class. He'll. Know. He came around. Uh, <laughs> uh, he he learned. But if his you have a top five of any of the cartoons that we talked about, put them up on our Facebook. Put it in the comments of uh, uh, a rate and a review. Uh, go go onto the show notes on page uh, for this episode over at bangalore.com. I always get excited when I do the show notes, and I see we have a comment on something, and then I look at it, and that's just like. Russian spam like actually comment let us know your top five favorite are you the person that liked bonkers did I upset you let us know maybe I'm wrong and I need to go back and read I don't think you need to uh (laughs) no 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 I I loved Roger Rabbit as a kid it was like the it was like the off-brand Roger Rabbit so yeah he was a toon cop partnered with a a human a human detective another police procedural not as good it as just, It loses something when you have, like, the quote-unquote human cop also being a cartoon, though, just because that's the medium you're telling the yeah. story in. Yeah, but gargoyles. It was, like, human Yeah, but cop they were badass. They were cartoon. badass gargoyles. Yeah, but, but, trying to figure out the... But, but at the same time, like, we had already... Trying to figure we had out already seen found Xanatos. We had already seen Roger Rabbit at that point, though, where it's like, oh, like, here's this blending of live action with cartoons. It's one thing to have that, and then like another cartoon that's telling us like, no, this guy's a human, even though he's a cartoon. He's a human. Like, it's different when you have yeah. like, oh, this is the medium we're telling the story in, and you have gargoyles and humans in one. I'm making a joining motion with my hands. Like, I hope you enjoying the show. That was for some sorry. 